again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolInterTalk.com. Allie, great to be with you again, sir. Great to be with you too, Dwayne. Awesome to start off Monday this way. I'm, I'm up really early this morning for some strange reason and inspired. I've already posted a positive video on YouTube uh, for my blog and a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, I'm just excited that this morning I woke up energized, which is awesome. That's good. That's good. I uh, I could have slept another three hours, I think, and I don't. It was rainy here, so maybe that was the problem. Yeah, it's know. true, right? Some days we have the Monday blues. We talk about that, right? And you know, I miss my girlfriend, of course. We spent the whole weekend together, and and that kind of thing. And then you go off to work, you know, and then and then the work week starts again. Staff meetings and parents and issues and or you know work and and you know all the stuff that we do to keep our schools running. Um, behind the scenes that people don't really have an idea of, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but anyway, I'm I'm moving right along this morning and excited about it. Well, and I wanted to, uh, you know, for us today kind of talk about customer service. And there's three different areas or three different parts of customer service um, that I wanted to talk about and get your, get your ideas on, uh, especially, yeah. you know, the years that you've been in business. Um, but uh, the, 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 and I talked about this with my staff um, on Friday in our staff meeting. We were talking about customer service, and this was brought up because I, I was in, you know, when I say names here, um, you know, I'm not trying to diss any companies when I say this. Right. Okay? Because I think it was not necessarily the company per se. It was the individual that was working for the company. But uh, about a week ago, maybe, no, about a week and a half ago now, I, you know, uh, Verizon's got their uh, their their new unlimited plan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have been with Verizon for years because my uh, when, when uh, I wanted the iPhone. So back when you can only get the iPhone through AT and T, I switched right. over to AT and T, and I locked into an unlimited program for everything. Right. And every two years, they tried to get me to get rid of that program because they didn't have it anymore. And I'm like, no, I don't want the, I just, I want the new phone. Uh, keep my program. Mm-hmm. Well, all that to say, I walked into the AT&T store here in town. And, uh, I, uh, I, so I, I, I walk in, this young guy comes walking up. And I say young just because I know he's older, you know, I'm older than him. But he must have been, I don't know, 24, 25, 27, some, I don't know, somewhere in there. So anyways, he walks up to me. And he uh, he says to me, he goes, how can I help you? And I said, well, I said, I was just at the Verizon store. And, you know, I know that I can switch from AT&T to Verizon and get the unlimited for 80 bucks plus, you know, title tax, doc fee, you know, all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, it'll be, it'll be about $98, $97, something like that. Right. When it's all said and done, I said, what can you do for me? I said, I've been with AT&T probably now for the last 12 to 15 years, and, um, you know, I just want to give you a chance to to keep me as a customer. I mean, that's basically how I said it. And so he says to me, he goes, well, um, he goes, you know, give me your number. We look it up, see what plan. You know, I'm paying $127 for everything, and that's including the the taxes and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And so – he says, well, he goes, what television service do you have? And I said, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not switching television services, you know. I said, I just want to find out what you can do for me. He says, yeah, but he goes, we, we have, uh, you know, the U-verse or whatever it's called, and, 
And I said, well, and I said, I understand that. I said, just what can you do with me on the phone? He says, well, he says, just what television uh, service do you have? I said, well, I have this. And he goes, well, how much are you paying for this? I said, I'm not telling you how much I'm paying for this. Yeah. I said, I just want to know what you can do. I'm, right, right. I keep looking down because I'm pointing at my phone. Um, yeah. You know, I just want to know what you can do for me. And so, therefore, he uh, then he goes on and he goes, well, you, uh, he goes, you don't want to save money? And that pissed right. me off. Right. That just pissed me off. And so I said to him, I go, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do want to, uh, you know, save money. And uh, he says, well, then just humor me. I said, you know what? I said, I have been humoring you this whole time. I said, this conversation is done. I said, have a good day, Martin. And I turned around and I walked away. And there was more to it. I'm giving you the fast version because he did. Yeah. He did look up a bunch of things. He had, he had, uh, I'm holding up this post, you know, right now, for those of you that can't see me, uh, that you're listening on, on the podcast, uh, not on Facebook Live. But he had... Uh, five post-it notes or six post-it notes with, with stuff he's scribbling on and writing stuff down. And, and I, this, I'm like, what is this guy doing? Right, right. So I leave there, and not a half a block down the street is the Verizon store. So I walk in, and I I tell them about my, you know, I, t- I tell the, the, the manager, Rick, he says, what are you here for? And I said, hey, I, I, uh, I, I, I want to check out your service. I said, I've been with AT&T. I was with you guys before. Gave him a quick backstory. And then I said, you know, I said, uh, I just, I, I want to know, um, you know, what the cost is going to be. Well, lo and behold, and I'm not going to bore you with all the long story. I bored my staff with, with, with the whole right. story. Um, my wife is with Verizon, and so are my kids. And so, uh, if you know, I had brought that up, and, and uh, the lady that was working with me, she said, well, it would, let's take a look and see if it wouldn't just be cheaper to be on her plan. And all, 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 all in all, found out it's cheaper to be on her, her plan. We switched everybody over to Unlimited and myself to Unlimited, you know, through Verizon. Then only going to cost in total $20 more um, on my wife's bill. Then, right. So I'm going to, so I'm saving $107 a month, right? Yeah. Well, she takes out my SIM card. From AT&T, she puts in the Verizon one, and it's not working. Right, because your phone's locked. So, exactly, from yeah, AT&T. I just, but I just went through that with AT&T, and it takes forever to get it unlocked. Well, it supposedly it was going to take a couple of days. In fact, what happened was it only took one day, thank God. But what this Rick guy did, and, I'm, and again, I'm giving you the sporadic version here, but what he did was he came back. And he told the lady that was servicing me, he said, you know, go in the back, find a phone. We'll hook him up with one of our phones until his switch is over. And then, so she couldn't find a phone. He went back there and grabbed a phone. And and I'm sure she has limitations on what phone she can grab, right? Right, right. So he grabbed one that he, you know, she couldn't grab. Anyways, he put me on that phone. Next day, I get the email from them, you know, saying that, uh, you know, my phone's been unlocked. And so I immediately went in. And uh, um, got my phone switched over. But then I also brought in, I, I, I had got, I have, uh, I'm looking around in my office here, uh, I have thank you cards, you know, with our logo and stuff like that. Right. So I took, uh, I took two thank you cards. I wrote one out to the um, uh, Deonda, the lady that was servicing me, and then also Rick, two separate ones. I put in uh, $10 Target, or not Target, um, Starbucks gift cards, and then I gave them each, 
because after talking with them, I kind of saw the type of person yeah. they were and what would fit, and yeah. I gave them each a different book of mine. So when I came back in, you know, I got my phone switched over, and I gave them that, and I said, thank you, because they, I feel like they went above and beyond, right? Yeah. So I bring all this up because as as school owners, um, we have the ability to, to service our customers with poor quality service. I mean, that's what I feel like I got from that, that store, that AT&T store. And, right. and, again, I'm not trying to bust out AT&T. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And the other thing, the other thing this guy said was that, um, uh, you know, because he wanted me to switch television services, mm-hmm. he said, well, it, he said Verizon's going to be uh, switching to Comcast, and they're going to force you to, to get Comcast in order to get Unlimited. And I'm like, so when I went over to Verizon, I said, you know, hey, is this true? And the guy at Verizon said, not to my knowledge. But whatever you're in right now, you'll be locked into. Right. So I don't know who was telling me the truth, who was lying to me, but obviously with the bad experience, the poor quality experience that I got uh, from uh, Martin, I'm not going to believe anything that comes out of his mouth, right? Right, 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 yeah. So I, I brought up with my staff about, you know, how, one, you know, this poor service experience, and then, two, how their competitor – that when I blabbed this poor service experience to them, that they not only solved my problem, but in my opinion, went above and beyond uh, to do it. You know, that Deonda lady, I, I'm telling you, I was there from like 1.30 in the afternoon until almost 4 o'clock, trying to get my phone to switch over, you know, talking about plans. And she missed her lunch because right. it was supposed to be a quick, quick thing. You yeah. know, it should have been a quick thing. Wow. Uh, but like you said, AT&T wasn't unlocking my phone. And so, uh, uh, you know, I, I felt bad that she, you know, didn't get to eat lunch. She had to go have what I was joking with her called dinner, you know, because yeah. <laughs> she was in between lunch and dinner. So I was talking with my, my staff uh, about this, and I got some feedback from them about, the, you know, times that they've had poor quality service and times that they've had high quality service. So I wanted to get your opinion on uh, how this all fits into our martial arts school, and then share with us, too, you know, some po- poor quality service that you've had and some high quality service you have. Yeah. And then I want to share some of the service recovery um, uh, expectations and tips that I gave my staff that I want us to follow. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, there's, uh, there's that old saying, there's only one time to make a, a good first impression or a first impression, right? So just recently I was out with a friend and um, they had to stop in to uh, get, pick up their glasses. They were having their glasses, uh, prescription glasses uh, picked up. So uh, I was waiting in the car and then I, I said, Oh, I'm going to go use that restaurant restroom. And I went into a bagel place. It's a big, huge bagel place. And I asked, I said, um, you know, uh, to the person behind the counter, I said, uh, excuse me. And his answer to me was, uh, what's the problem? And I'm like, there's no problem unless you don't tell me where the bathroom is. Cause I, I want to use the restroom, right? And he's like, yeah, it's in the back. And I'm like, I went and I used the restroom, and I said, I, w- I was going to buy a bagel or buy something to drink just because. And I left to go, and it's not even near anywhere where I normally go. However, uh, I would never, ever recommend somebody with that kind of attitude. And it's that quick with the way people perceive things and the way they answer you and how you as a client, as a customer, feels. You know, so, you know, we have rules in our school that we always greet everyone who comes through the door. Doesn't matter if we know them or not know them. We're always saying, hey, how are you? Come on in. I learned this from Japan when I was in Japan. You walk into a 7-Eleven and they yell out, Itasai Maset. And, and they could be under a counter in another room. The minute they hear that doorbell go off, they yell out, welcome. 
welcome to the to our business. Um said really loud on the top of their lungs like they're yelling it, you know, and um to me they greet every single person the same way. They greet every bell that they hear, every door open the way the same way. Um, however, uh, you know, sometimes within our schools, we don't do that. I, I have to tell you, there's one guy that's still to this day, and it's probably 15 years ago that impressed the heck out of me. And if he ever hears our podcast, his name is Sergio von Schmeling, um, or Smelling, or, or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's from Florida. He's a coach and a Taekwondo school owner. I once had a, my, one of my relatives who wanted to do Taekwondo or learn martial arts. She was my student, moved to Florida. I was down there visiting them, and I took them to the schools in the area. When I walked in his school, he was on the floor, or one of his clients, his students were teaching on the floor. They immediately, he, he said to the class, keep going, and he walked off the floor, shook my hand, said hello, walked me over to his front desk and said, this is Cynthia, whatever her name was, um, and, uh, I, you know, if you have any questions, you could deal with her. I'm, I'm one of the teachers here. I just wanted to say hello to you. And then he walked back and went and taught. And I, as an owner, I was like, wow, I was really impressed with that kind of attitude. He gave me full full attention. He, he didn't have a lot of time for me, but he made me know that he's going to have someone take care of me. Now, there are other schools that trip that I literally sat for 25, 35 minutes where I was ignored. They didn't even look at me, didn't even talk to me. I even said to them, hey, I'm here looking for classes, and they've ignored me. So we walked out, and I can't tell you how many businesses, whether it be a martial arts school or a restaurant or, a, a, you know, a, we actually went into um, Bed Bath & Beyond yesterday, my girlfriend and I, and the line was so long that we just put all the stuff back. We had a whole cart filled with things. We put it all back, and we said, we're going to go. We just didn't want to wait. The, the customer inconvenience was so high, we didn't need to deal with it that day. We could always go back at another time. So you have to ask yourself, like, what do you do, you know, to make your customer service? And I have a great article I could share with everyone. It's called, you know, Stellar Customer Service. You know, this 10 steps to stellar customer service. Um, but what do we do as school owners? Then there's the caveat. You know, do we do too much and then they get used to it and they get spoiled and then they start critiquing and they start expecting more and more and more because the couches are cushy and the monitors are beautiful and the lobby is plush and you know we're always giving them everything they need um then they tend to take it and become complacent and forget what the service that they're getting so there's a yin and a yang to all of that well, what do you think well I, I agree that the that there's a middle ground um but and I also, I want to say this, that I don't necessarily always believe that the customer is right either. So I'm not coming from the standpoint that we, we uh, bow down to, um, you know, the customer and every whim or, you know, every idea that they have. That we right, have to do. right. But they're, they're, like you said, <laughs> just being kind to someone yeah. and recognizing that they are a person <laughs> in your mm -hmm. establishment is yeah. just the 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 bare minimum right uh, basics that that need to happen. I also think from a sales point of view, which is customer service, you right. know, this guy from AT&T, I understand that he probably had quotas to meet. He had scripts to, you know, uh, fire back at me. I don't know if he was uh, somebody that was uh, brand new or if he was a veteran. I I don't I don't know. But all I know is that he should have read on my face and even the tone of my voice that, uh, look, uh, I just want X. Right. And to, 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 to tell me, well, you don't want to save money or just humor me. Right. Um, that, 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 <laughs> that just didn't yeah. fly. And I don't There's understand a... how people can't read that. I mean, well, there, there are times to hard press somebody, but I don't think that that was one of them. 
Well, don't you think, too, though, maybe, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate in this particular situation. And, you know, your expectations of being, because you're a salesperson, um, your expectations are they should know how to read. They should know when to stop. And, uh, and, but really, I can almost guarantee you, he's probably learned all the sales skills in sales skills program 101 for AT&T. And they probably have a series of questions to ask. And, and he's using all those, you know, pre-programmed sets of skills, but he doesn't have the experience to know how to read a, a person. Uh, he's just going down the list. If they say this, you do that. If they do this, you do that. And it's obvious to me that, you know, he just didn't have the insight. He wasn't, he wasn't in tune enough with you and how you were replying and how you, what you wanted. Um, and uh, I had that too. I just, my daughter's phone, she was going away to Aruba the day before, of course, her iPhone breaks. I have to buy her a brand new $700 iPhone 7. Um, you know, and uh, the guy just kept, I'm like, listen, dude, I don't have a lot of time. I just want this phone. I, I don't want to just please get it ready for me. I'm on my way and I have 15 minutes. And the guy kept on going, well, what if you buy? And he had the whole list of things he was selling. I'm like, dude, I don't want any of that stuff. I just want the phone and you got to make it quick because I have to go. And uh, finally he got the point, but he kept trying to upsell me. And I'm like, stop, please. I, I don't have the time or I don't want it any, any of it. You know, so he didn't, it was that whole process, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it's what you say. It's, it, or, or, I agree. It's not necessarily, well, okay. So it's not always what you say too, it's how you say it. Right? Right. You know, I had a, I had a meeting, there was a kid that wanted to quit. Um, he's one year, about one year away from black belt. Right? Right. And, you know, I sat down with the parent, and of course, I, I, you know, I want to tell the parent, you know, hey, look, number one, you signed an agreement to go there. Number two, your kid did too. And number three, you know, uh, would you, you know, why would you let your kid quit? Right, right. But I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it like that. I can't. I, I, it, it, it's craft. You, it takes um, skill. It takes some work and skill to parent the parent. Right, right, right. Well, when it was all said and done, I showed the kid that he, you know, this is when your black belt test is. Look, this is when this next, next, next test, blah, 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 blah. I brought another kid off the floor who is almost ready for his black belt test this, mm-hmm. this quarter. And I don't know, I just pulled one, you know, and uh, it was perfect. It was like God orchestrated it, right? The kid came in and he said, yeah, I wanted to quit before. And I go, when did you want to quit, Tyler? And he said, uh, oh, well. I wanted to quit when I was his rank. <laughs> right. And right. it was perfect. I said, why? He said, well, because of this, this, and this. I didn't coach the kid at all. That's exactly what this other kid told me. Right? I mean, right. it was the exact same thing. And he said, and once I got through that belt, he goes, everything just totally changed, you know. And uh, and I and I and then what I said to him was, because he said his parents said, you know what, just get to the next belt, get to the next belt, right? And I said, now, uh, Tyler, I said, I said, do you really think your parents would let you quit anyways, it, like in hindsight? And he goes, no, they wouldn't have. They were just trying right. to be get, getting me to, you know, see that I wanted to continue, not be forced to, to, to quit. Right. And so, but see, that's, it's not, it's, I could, I probably could have said the same exact thing that this guy from AT&T said, but I could have worded it different, right, or delivered it better. And, and, you know, I've got no problem with somebody saying to me, you know, uh, hey, look, I, I just want you to know what the options are. Right. And here are your options. You actually could save more money if you did switch. And then if I said, yeah. you know, hey, look, I'm not switching. Oh, okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure you knew what your options were. See, that would have been different than saying you don't want to save any money. 
Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I was like, I want, I want to do Yeah, well, obviously you wanted to save money. That's why you went there, right? But it's like you don't, you don't want to necessarily change your, you know, your home television service and your home phone system. I had that when I, when I switched to T-Mobile. I could have switched to a different television service and saved even more. I didn't want to do that, though. I wasn't interested. I wanted just to get my phones cheaper. And um, and by the way, I did the same thing with T-Mobile, and we switched like four lines. My girlfriend was on Verizon. I was on with my daughter on AT&T. My mom was with us on AT&T. I switched. I saved like 250 bucks a month. And by the way, school owners should listen to this because, you know, $250 a month times three, 12 months is $3,000 a year. Um, just by going in and thinking about my bills and, and strategically changing certain things, it's a massive a $3,000 raise I gave myself in essence, right? Right, right. So yeah, I, I totally did one this I was going to say, yes. totally different call, totally different Absolutely. podcast. But uh, 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 every year, like you said, re, uh, re-looking at everything and seeing what you can negotiate. Anyway. Yeah, and I, and I do that quarterly um, and, and negotiate my bills all the time. However, here's, you know, one thing, too, about customer service, and I believe um, is for an owner like you and I, it's a lot easier to come in as the expert, right? Um, and, you know, and also we make the final decision. So if we blow it, it's our own choice. Um, I think for our school owners out there that have staff, they have to set up rules and regulations and boundaries with them and how far they could go so that they know like what they can do. Like I I had a a program manager that I fired um, for, you know, for various reasons. And um, they, I, now that I go back and I look, he was constantly caving in and going, oh, you don't want to renew? Hey, how about if I give it to you for half price? I'm like, I don't want to give away my program for half price. And then he would do that and he'd fudge the books so that I wouldn't see it. Um, uh, and now that I'm going back in and looking and inventorying it all, I can see a lot of things where he did that. And, and that's not what I call customer service is giving everyone what they want. However, sometimes – you do have to give in a little or maybe give a little bit more to help resolve the situation. But the one thing I can say is that with customer service that I've learned is sometimes it's not, and you said it before, the customer is not always right. Um, so we don't have to cave in to make them appeal to their needs. Sometimes it's about educating them. Here's an example. I had a parent the other day. She has a three-year-old in our program. Her name is Cassidy Love, cute little kid. And, um, the mom wants to cancel. She doesn't feel the program is benefiting her kid, three years old, um, who, and she's really not learning. So I said to her, I got her on the phone, which was great, and, and I said, can I have an open, honest conversation with you? And she said, yeah. And quickly she explained to me that she didn't feel that her kid was learning. She was running around doing army calls and bear walks and punching on the pad, and there really wasn't much going on, sitting positions, standing positions, and so on. Um, uh, by the way, that's not a full name anyway. Uh, but, uh, and anyway, so, uh, so she, she basically was the pro she went in there and then she thought what she was seeing was just, you know, exercise and fun games. And then I explained to her, I said, ma'am, you do realize the bear walk creates muscles. They're like doing push-ups and sit-ups, the army crawl and, you know, you know, sitting positions are teaching them how to focus as a three-year-old and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? And then she's like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. So rather than me having to kind of give her something for free or try to appeal to her and say, don't worry, we'll do – because my staff probably, some of them that, that were in the past would have said, well, we'll do a better job. We'll make sure she learns more, almost admitting to the fact that we're not doing our job, when in reality, we, we are. And then once I explained all the things that the kid was learning, she's like, you know, I never thought of it that way. You know, this makes sense now. I agree. And I'm like, you still want to stay in the – oh, yeah, absolutely. Now that you brought this up, this is – 
absolutely something that we like to do. And now I see what you're doing here. Makes, so well, that's, that yeah, was my and that's what you were doing is you were educating her, you know. Exactly. And, and, and like I said, had this Martin guy just educated me with my options, and then I could make right. the decision on what I wanted to do. Totally different. But don't ram right. something down my throat. Um, no. And I think, you know, for us at our in our schools, you know, there's there's three parts to um, customer service, meaning there's poor quality service, there's high quality service, mm-hmm. and then there's, uh, um, you know, when when there has been poor quality service, service recovery and how you do that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's where, you know, we also need to have some standards on, you know, how we're going to follow up and deal with those type of things. Before we yeah. get into service recovery, can can you give us maybe an example of high quality service that you've had before in your life? It doesn't have to be in martial arts, you know. But um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, I, and I know you 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 did with uh, uh, Sergio. I mean, obviously that was an example of high quality service. At least, right? You know, the 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 right things to do. But let's take it maybe outside of our industry. Well, I'll give you one one example. I lost my hear, hearing there, my hear set hearing. Um, so one one way, uh, one customer service experience that I could tell you that I I really was I was shocked by was I go to Blaze Pizza, and uh, it's a pizza joint that I love. It's like they make a vegan pizza for me. You could customize it and make your own, put whatever you want on it. But I've been to the place probably you know fifty seventy times. I love I love the place. My daughter and I go after school sometimes when I pick her up. Um, however, sometimes when they're busy, they get really sloppy and they have young guys behind the counter and they're like throwing stuff on the pizzas. But for me, the cheese is flying into the sauce and I'm a vegan, so I don't like cross contamination on my food and there's cheese and the zucchini and there, you know, so to me, I can't eat when, when it's like that. So I, um, you know, I wrote on my Twitter page and I, and I, you know, tweeted about it and then I, I linked them in from Blaze Pizza, and one of the high-end people said, we're really sorry, we apologize, we'll take that into consideration, and they mailed me two gift certificates, because they inboxed me behind the scenes, and then they mailed me two gift certificates for free pizzas to say thank you for giving them my opinion and being honest and to stay a customer, and I was blown away. I'm like, and then I took a picture of the post um, and the the cards, and I posted that on, on social media saying like, wow, this is unbelievable customer recovery and customer service. Uh, however, I I haven't been there as much, and and the few times that I did go, it's still the same with this cross contamination and sloppy and throwing food down, and it just kind of grosses me out a little. So um, I, I hate to be negative, but I'm I'm not trying to be that way for a regular person that doesn't isn't a vegan. It would be no problem, but for me, I'm very particular. Um, so for me, it, it's hurt my business with them and I don't go as much cause I kind of, I don't feel as comfortable, but for others, they're a great place and they did do their best to make me happy and, and, and went out of their way, probably in the tune of like 35 bucks worth, um, right. giving me, giving me free pizza. So that's one really amazing customer service experience that I had recently. Okay. Well, let's talk about service recovery. I mean, that's obviously what they, they were doing with you and, and, um, you know, our, our, what I told my staff is our, our primary thing is to first, uh, and you know this phrase, uh, but to first seek to uh, understand before you seek to be understood. And mm-hmm. so what we need to do, and I told my staff is what we need to do is we need to really, you know, sit there and listen and ask questions and figure out exactly what the quote-unquote problem or beef is. Because sometimes 
you know, it may, the, the problem may not be what was first um, brought to you. There might be something that's underlying in that. So, you know, our first thing, as I told my staff, that I, I, I want them to first seek to understand and then to be understood. Um, and then that there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. And, you know, you, we really want our customers to know that we empathize with them. Yeah, we have sympathy, but that we really empathize with them. And you can empathize with somebody and not agree with them. So I want that to be understood as well, that, I, you know, you don't have to cow down to, 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 to everything. And then the next thing that I, I presented to them was that, you know, thank them for their time, uh, ask them for feedback with regards to how can this be um you know, rectified, you know, what, what is it like, what is it that we can do to make this right? Um, and get their advice because maybe it might be something that you don't even think of in order to fix the problem. Um, and there are some things that, you know, there's limitations, like you said, there's limitations that my staff actually can do uh, in order to, um, you know, fulfill some of those needs. And then if it needs to move up the chain and go to me, that would be different. Um, because, I mean, obviously, as the owner, I can do what I want. It doesn't mean that I will do whatever I want because there are some rules that I operate inside of my business anyways. Uh, so, you know, we, we ask the client, you know, hey, wh what is it that we could do to make this right for you and get their feedback? And sometimes it's negotiation, you know, kind of going back and forth. You kind of feel like, and, of course, when I said negotiation, the, the Trump came to mind. But right. you know, you you know, there's negotiation that happens sometimes um, with that. And then you know, I I always say this that, and I learned this from um, uh, Professor Hafner, Keith Hafner, out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, is you always want to apologize three times. And so your first is that initial. Um, you know, meeting that you're having with that individual where you are, you know, uh, apologizing to them, asking them, asking them to forgive you. And then I think it's important to then therefore write a, write a, a, a letter, you know, kind of like a follow-up letter, you know, uh, restating the information that was talked about before, uh, you know, what your, you know, what your plans are to fix it or that it has been fixed. And then again, apologizing again. Right. And then lastly, Lastly, the next time you run into them, within a timely manner. I mean, if within our business, we see each other once a week or twice a week or whatever. Um, you know, the, the last stage is to then apologize again, but you can use that with, hey, just wanted to make sure you got my, my letter. Yes, okay, and again, I'm so sorry. Thank you for bringing this up with me, that type of thing. And so yeah. we apologize. We use the three times rule for apology. I think that's important. I love it. Yeah, I, anything I, you want to add to service recovery? You, you know, it's funny. I I have my um, service recovery funnel article up on my monitor, so I'm going to look in this direction. I have three monitors, so if I'm not looking directly into the camera, but it's amazing what you said because and it show, shows how much how in sync we are because um, you know it, it says that you know our three step approach to success: high profit, high quality, 
and low stress. Those are my three things that I teach my clients. And I said, you know, with dealing with customer service, the first thing is to identify clearly the issue, to know what's really going on. Like, you know, a parent might say, well, my kid is bored, right? You know, and I find out that it's not really that. It might, or, or I don't have the money. Okay, well, how about I give you a scholarship and you don't have to pay for the next month or two? Well, he doesn't want to go anymore. Oh, so it's not really about the money. It's really more about him not wanting to go. So identifying the issue, number one. Number two is establishing communication and setting an appointment to talk in person. I try my best never to discuss things on Facebook because people now instant message you on Facebook. I mean, I try not to talk on email because it's funny. I just had a client who was um, upset when my one instructor left, and, and he wrote me a long email, and I wrote him an email back, and he never responded to me. So I followed up three or four times, and finally, like a week and a half later, he responded and he said that he read my email and he was super offended by it and he was angry with me. So that's why he didn't respond. But then when he went back after I kept asking him what was wrong and he went back and read my email, he was a very literal person. So I, I don't know the sentence structure, but it was something like we want to do what's best for your son. Right. So he saw you instead of your and then he thought I was calling him son. Like, almost like, you get it, son? Like, you know, like, are you listening to me, son? And, and he was a police officer, and, and you know, he kind of got offended. And he said, oh, after I reread it, and I realized that there might have been a typo, which, by the way, there wasn't, he just read it incorrectly because I checked it before and had my girlfriend check it, and then I sent it, and then I reread it. He just read it that way because he, he read it incorrectly. So, obviously, communication on written communication on email can be read by the person's emotions at that time. And um, Facebook is terrible because people don't type the way they want to speak and the way they feel. So I love in-person communication, setting up an appointment. Number three, discussing issues in depth and length and deciding on the desired solution. Like, what is it, Dwayne, that you're upset about? What could I do to make this better? Like, what is your opinion on what's wrong? And then possibly tossing out a whole bunch of positives because I right now have a few people that I'm not really getting along well with in my school, parents of black belt kids that they've, they've been with me so long that they're seeing everything, the little tiny little things as big things, and they're complaining about everything rather than remembering all the good that they've gotten. So I've met with them and sat with them, and I don't know if I could shift their mindset. I think it's at that point in their career where they just may not want to um, be happy anymore. And I've done my best to try to keep them happy. So we have to discuss the issue and the solution. And then four is set up, setting up a follow-up time. Like a few parents that I've talked to, I said, well, we'll talk. let's think about what we had to speak about. And let's say we'll get back in touch in like two weeks or three weeks and talk again and make sure that we are back on target and on the same page. And five, make sure that the resolutions are complete so that it's just not an empty promise for me and just not an acceptance speech from them, but let's make sure that we actually resolve the issue where they can look you in the eyes and go, no, no, I'm all good. That stuff was just, it's done with. We can move forward in a positive way. And almost exactly what you just said to the D, right? It, 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 pretty much everything you said, what I was kind of what we do together. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I just think it was an important topic for school owners to uh, to take a look at. Um, I think it would be a great topic for them to, you know, talk about with their own staff. Uh, yeah. You know, create the um, uh, rules for customer right. service recovery for your right. school. Uh, they don't have to be complicated. It can be a five-step thing, just like Allie yeah. you know, told you. Um, and then, you know, speak with them about a, 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 a a bad time, bad customer service time experience that you had 
and then a good customer service experience you have. And then I would just throw this out. I and in, in our meeting, I have them tell me different bad customer experiences that they've had, and also good, and what the differences were. Not just the word bad and good, but why things were bad and why things right. were good. And then we went into service recovery. So it might be an opportunity for uh, you know for school owners to bring this up, you know, with their staff members. And and I would yeah. make this a, a stapled conversation that every I don't know, March, April, May, June, July, whatever month you pick, uh, you 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 revisit this because your staff will forget it. You yeah. will forget it. So it would be good to revisit this uh, conversation at least once a year for your staff. Yeah, and, you know, one last point I'd like to make, and I'm printing out my article that I that I wrote, and I'm going to bring it to my staff for my staff meeting today because, like, you're, like you just said, it, you have to speak about it. You'll hear my printer going. I should have waited probably, um, but it's starting to print right behind me. Um, but but uh, sometimes going over this and having those boundaries, having a set, set list of things that you could be doing, right, to, to make sure that things are getting done the right way. And here's the thing, sometimes, and I'm only saying sometimes because it's more, um, more not than, than it is, where you should understand that when the customer is telling you how they feel, that is an opportunity for you to fix the situation. Most of the time when people are unhappy, they don't say anything, and it festers with inside of them, and then they just disappear, and they never talk to you again. They've, uh, they've been waiting and making themselves more and more angry to establish their opinion so that they could be strong enough to just leave you and move on, right? So if they're giving you a chance to maybe rectify the situation or fix it, that's a good thing. However, there is that other side where sometimes, you know, people, sometimes some people are not happy unless they're miserable. They're not happy unless they go, well, the classes are great and my son is becoming an amazing kid. But look, there's a, a, a quarter-inch spider web up there 22 feet in the, on the ceiling that I've been staring at for the last three weeks. Like I had a lady, no joke, um, she said to me in our kickboxing class, there was a Band-Aid. There's been a Band-Aid sitting in the corner behind, behind that kick pad like for three days. I said, three days, really? And you didn't pick it up and throw it away or tell someone about it? You've just been staring at it, getting more and more annoyed? Like, if we would have known, I would have picked it up and thrown it in the garbage. Or maybe my cleaning staff just didn't see it. You know, so people sometimes want to be negative, And I don't know why. It's part of our society. It's like the news, and people love to see car wrecks, and they want to have drama in their lives. I'm, I'm out of that frame of mind. Like, I want to yeah. just be happy every day. I just want to be positive. In fact, I've made a post about it on my blog today about positivity or negativity. It's your choice. Yeah, absolutely it is. I, I, I want to end with this, is when we have these, um, <clears throat> I call them opportunities, but when you have the mess-ups in your business, right, you have an opportunity to not only uh, work on the service recovery, but also then I would, you know, lastly say this, try to figure out why it happened in the first place mm-hmm. and if it could act- actually be preventable. Right, and then put in put in whatever uh, preventative measures need to happen. Most of it is education based, in my opinion, uh, and and just what I've seen is it's kind of like the email that you had written to that guy. Um, it was just a perception uh, difference. Right, he right he read it when he was angry, and he read into something that wasn't there. And so we have to make sure that. You know, we find out whatever the problem is, and you know, and then if we can fix it, fix it, but then go into why did this happen? What can I do to prevent it in the future? How can I educate my my clients, my parents, you know, whoever, 
so that this particular thing doesn't happen anymore. And so, uh, like you said, this gives us an opportunity. You know, when somebody complains, it gives us an opportunity to not only fix it, but then the next level is to find out why it happened in the first place and yeah. see if it's preventable for anybody else so that nobody else has that same experience ever. Exactly. I think that's ingenious. That's, you know, that those those steps, if people could listen to this and write them down, um, I, I think will shape your customer service um, program or, you know, uh, system or rules in your school. So um, they're amazing. And thank you, Dwayne, for reminding me about it because I'm going to use it in my staff meeting today. And I have some <laughs> new, pe- new people. And by the way, I, I and, and I love what you said, and I, I, I know we're probably closing up the, the, the call, but I love what you said before. There's a difference between sympathy and empathy or compassion and empathy. And and quick definition is like I would rather hear someone say, well, I understand that you're upset and, and I understand how you feel, um, and uh, but here's what we'd like to do or here's what we can do or here's what you may be seeing that's different. Um, empathy is when you go, you know what, I think that, you know, I'm feeling exactly how you feel. And then you agree with the client. I have some program managers that in the past that have done that where a client says, oh, Sean Alley, he's a tyrant and a militant and he's mean and angry and he just wants the kids to stand straight and do this and do that. And they're like, yeah, I know that's, that's, you know, the way he is, you know. And then I have other program managers say, like, no, that's martial arts. He wants them to stand up straight so that they learn discipline. He wants them to, yes, sir, him, and he speaks loudly so everyone can hear him. And then they shift it. They, they, pre, they reframe the complaint into benefits. And then all of a sudden the people, they, they've complained, but now they understand that it really wasn't what they perceived it to be. Right. It wasn't at all what they thought it was. Like the lady that I said, you know, bear walks, army crawls, frog hops, all of that stuff looks like they're just doing games. But it's our kids way of doing push ups, sit ups, jumping jacks, you know, all these exercises. The kids are actually in better shape than the adults, you know, because of that. Um, Well, isn't that the truth? You know, try to get an adult class to do what those kids just did in the last 15 minutes. They'd be winded and out of shape. So anyway, long story short, it's all about education and understanding. And I think that that was great. I honestly believe, Dwayne, that maybe we could do a part two of this because there's a lot more to it um, that people could hear and really benefit with. Because you said marketing before. Um, Customer service is marketing. Because, you know, if people are happy, they're going to tell others, right? You know, if uh, people understand you better, they're going to tell others. So maybe we could give them more tips on another call. Up to you. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I just, I just puked out all my knowledge, man. I don't have anything. Nah, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, All right. We'll we'll decide if anyone, we may do another call, you know, maybe if we can, if not, we have millions of other topics, but I I love what we did. I think it was excellent. Yeah. And and again, I just want to remind everybody that you can get um, access to all of our podcasts, all the 121 other podcasts by going to uh, schoolandtalk.com. Uh, you can subscribe there, um, you know, if you have an iTunes uh, device or even an Android device as well. There are still two uh, webinars that are available up there for uh, replay, and uh, all you have to do is just, you know, click on it, and boom, you can watch the replay right away. One of them is how to get students quickly, and then the other one is the uh, si- uh, six steps to implementation, you know, basically how to get things done. Uh, and uh, those are uh, two really good webinars to take advantage of. So, yeah. Allie, I, I, I appreciate everything, sir. Any any final comments? 
No, that's it. I think it was a great call. I thank you for being on the uh, phone with uh, phone and, and on Facebook with me. And uh, like I said, now I'm even more uh, motivated and invigorated to, um, you know, to uh, go on and do my staff meeting and so on. So thanks, Dwayne. You're a big help for me, too. My pleasure, man. Everybody have a great day. Take care, everyone. <laughs>